Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Song, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. How you doing, folks? Daryl Pro here for another episode of Inside. Inside Sales, where we get together with the industry's biggest, brightest, and best thought leaders talking about all the things that matter to every day's sales rep, all the pragmatic, tactical, actionable things you want to know so that you can apply and you can make yourself a more productive, successful sales professional. My name is Daryl Prell, and I'm joined today by Melissa Krivacek. Now, Melissa, did I, did I get that right? It's Kravachik, but we'll call it. Kravachik. Now, you know, I look at that, K-R-I-V-A-C-H-E-K. Kravachik, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Kravachik. You should change the way you pronounce your name. Uh, well, my family wouldn't approve of that. They wouldn't so, approve. Heck, you know what? My family doesn't approve necessarily of my career either, so I'd be okay with that. It's for sales is one of those careers where if you're not in it, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, you're in sales. But the reality is it's a brilliant career. If you're reasonably good at it, you get a good income earning potential and it's rewarding and you get to talk to a lot of really cool people. I'm curious, how do you answer that when your family doesn't necessarily approve your career? What's your response to them? Well, sales is the only career in the history of life, doctors, lawyers, dentists, teachers, anybody that's in any other career other than sales does not have the freedom, the income, the lifestyle, the assets and the opportunities that salespeople have. And the only reason that they have those is because they're willing to take the risk, the risk that so many people aren't willing to take. We are able to build asset portfolios of 401ks, IRAs, um, real estate, whatever we want. And it's the only career where you can change your entire lifestyle overnight with the stroke of a check. I got to ask, when you respond that way to your friends or family when that comes (laughs) up, because clearly you've given this answer before. It was like, bam, you had the answer. Uh-huh. Do they just do they just look at you and their eyes glaze over, or do they like, oh, okay? Like, like how do they respond? Well, they know not to respond because they know that like <laughs> sales is my absolute passion. Like, I am one of those people that is super, super obsessed with my career, and it's not that it takes away from other things because it definitely doesn't, but. It's just that I love sales and I love to make sales fun. And it's what I've done since I was seven. So quick backstory. When I was seven, my parents couldn't afford a bike. So I had to go door to door selling popcorn, pizza, all that kind of stuff. And then I moved into doing lawn mowing for my neighbors and then babysitting and then house cleaning and then got into retail and got into management um, and then got into telesales. So like sales is my gig. It's my thing. And I love it. For those of you who don't know Melissa. She is the executive producer of the Ultimate Sales Summit. Now, she's been selling, if you can't tell already, over 20 years. And she's passionate about it, and she's she obsesses about it. And she actually started, as she said, when she was seven years old. So it's kind of a great story. Since the age of seven, she's been involved, as, she, as she's just shared, with every kind of sale possible, from high-ticket, door-to-door, cold-calling, and social selling. She's generated a lot of money along the way. Now, if that's not credible enough, She's also the author of over 10 books, seven of which are international bestsellers, 
And of course she has her own podcast, The Millionaire's Hot Seat. And, uh, and in that she's actually interviewed over 200 millionaires to date. So if that sounds really busy to you, there's a lot going on in Melissa's life. Well, that's what I took too. And that's why we approached Melissa and said, here's the topic we want to work on with you. And that is how to focus under pressure. Because as sales professionals, we are often under pressures of all different shapes and sizes, right? It might be quota. It might be activity. It might be education. It might be training. I mean, it just goes on. And if it's not you, it's your teammates because you're all in it together. And, you know, and then there's changes in the marketplace and there's competition and it just never seems to end. And then you add in the dynamics of the economy that's up one day and down the next. And a sales rep's job can be challenging. The secret to sales is knowing how to focus, where to put your time, where to invest your efforts, and to get through it. Because often, while it may not always be glamorous, sometimes it's those who simply have the ability to execute and get that checklist done that have the most success. So, Melissa, are you up to the task today to talk about how sales reps can better focus? Can you share with us your advice? Because I've got lots of questions I want to ask you. Yeah, so the biggest thing that salespeople have a challenge with is how do you balance family life and sales, like getting your quotas and and getting referrals in the door and um, making enough money to have a viable income. And so the answer to the question is there is no balance. Like you are going to have times in your career where you literally have to focus strictly on bringing money in the door and making sure that your clientele is happy while getting referrals at the same time. On the other side of that, you know, raising kids and having a husband or a wife and like making sure that you're taking family vacation is equally important. Neither one of these are more important than the other. It's just how you put time, effort, and energy into them. So So the biggest thing for people to realize here is that you need to know when to pull the trigger and when to put on the break. This is a big problem for me. And that's one of the reasons I'm excited to have you on the podcast, which is I have good focus, but I don't think it's actually optimal focus. In other words, I get a lot done, but could I be getting it done better? And this is how I know because I get, there are times, let's go with this. There are times when I have higher levels of anxiety than other times because I've got this to-do list I've not gotten through that is like staring me in the face every time I look at my calendar or I look at my whiteboard or look at my to-do apps. It's always there in my face. And what ends up happening is that I end up working into the evenings. I end up working on weekends. And I actually do that so that I can get rid of that anxiety. But then, ironically, two things happen. I replace those things that were overwhelming me with more things. And at the same time, my wife especially Let's just say she is voicing her opinion that I'm not spending enough time with her, and she's not wrong. And, of course, my answer is just just let me do this one more thing here, honey. I'm almost there. You know what? Your wife needs to listen to this podcast right now just to know that she's right. (laughs) Oh, trust me. She knows she's right. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. And and I'll even admit she's right. But, you know, hey, the first part is admitting you have a problem. And and I'm out here saying I've got a problem, and I know I'm not alone. So. Here's the thing that I would challenge you to do for the next seven days. And I challenge every single one of my clients, no matter what level of success they've had or how much money they've made for the next seven days, every 15 minutes, write down what you're doing. 
every 15 minutes, 24 hours a day for seven days. And you do this every single quarter. And when you do this, you're going to find out where you're least effective, where you're wasting time, energy, money, resources, and where you're taking away from the things that truly matter in life. So sometimes we miss like a kid's band concert because we are busy writing an email campaign. And one of the things that I've seen in working with people is like, we had this executive and he insisted that he was the best at writing email campaigns. Well, we actually saved him about 1500 hours a year because he's been writing these email campaigns for the last 20 years, thinking like he's the best at writing the email campaigns. Well, his campaigns didn't even come close to the conversions of the campaigns uh, we had written for him when he decided to give up control. So the question becomes, what are you doing that you're doing only because you want to be in a state of control? Now, that is brilliant. Actually, I didn't see the control angle coming, but as soon as you said it, I was like, ding, 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 ding. And, <laughs> I, and I know personally, actually, that's something I learned at a very young age. True story, sidebar. The first time I became an executive in a company, a senior level executive, I thought I was, you know, the cat's meow. I got there at a very young age. I was on track for all my plan. And then a few months into it, finally, I had two staffers walk into my office and close the door. And they, and they, I'm like, okay, what's going on? And they said to me, okay, Daryl, we need to talk. And fortunately, these are people that were about my age. So we had a good rapport and, and they could talk to me. And I said, yep. And they said, here's the thing. Um, you're doing our job for us because you can do it better. And we actually know you can do it better or at least close, but it's killing us and it's killing you. And you need to let us just do our job. And it was like, oh, sugar. They're right. But if they didn't have the intervention with me, then I would have maintained control. And then my life would have just spiraled out of control further, ironically. So control is so, it's, it's such a big thing. Do you find people actually understand they have a control issue? I'm just curious. Oh, every salesperson has a control issue. Every single executive <laughs> and salesperson I've ever worked with has a control issue. And the worst part of their control issue is letting me control them. <laughs> so... <laughs> They like don't do the exercise to the full degree that I've asked them for yes. two reasons. One is the control piece, but the other piece, which is actually more important, is that they've continued to lie to themselves the whole entire length of their career. So their lies could be like, I have to worry about this because my client demands that it be done at this time, or I have to worry about this because I have this bill to pay, or I have to worry about this because whatever their story is. And the story is There's the lie. A reason. That perpetuating. Yes. So a lot of people find themselves like stuck at, I can't lose weight because I have to spend hours in the office or I can't make money because I have to spend time with my family or whatever their reason is, but all it comes down to is that I can't make that phone call because I have to research this email or this social media, right? Yeah. Like stop lying to yourself. You do not need to lie to yourself to allow yourself the results that you currently have when you could be much better by giving up that control and letting go of that lie. So your point is fundamentally to do kind of an audit is what I'm hearing you say. Every 15 minutes, this is what I'm doing now so that you do it for a week and you can look back and you can say, where am I investing my time? Is that to identify, shall we say, for lack of a better word, the clutter in, in your routine or is there a bigger premise behind that exercise? Yeah, there's a bigger premise. So what you do once you have that information or what I would do after I had the client's information is draw three circles, basically two circles with an overlap in the middle. Now, the middle is going to be called your zone of genius. That's the number one thing you rock at, you're good at, you bring money in the door, like you are excited about in the morning and you go do throughout the day. 
The two outer circles are the places where you need the most help. So on the left side, basically, it's your online reputation and online management of systems and services that get built. So it could be a sales funnel. It could be an email campaign. It could be social media updates. It could be whatever. But suddenly you should not be doing those things. You need to delegate them out. So who is the best resource to delegate that to? On the right side is the other end of the spectrum. So it's going to be like the laundry, dishes, cooking, cleaning, all that kind of stuff. So why are you doing those things when you know that somebody else could be doing that for you at a cost that's way less than what you currently are worth? So you have to really look at this as like, how much do you value yourself? And do you value yourself enough to put resources in place for you to have the freedom to commit to your relationship and making it better? So you're fundamentally making a visual representation of where your time is best spent that, if I'm getting this right, balances, for lack of a better word, your professional obligations with your personal obligations. Is that a fair statement or am I missing it? It is a fair statement. It also allows you to see like how much time is being wasted in certain activities that you're not even good at. So how do you figure that out? So you've got this timeline on the left and on the right and in the middle is that, that in the, your genius circle. So how do I know when I do my audit, you know, how am I placing, okay, at 15 minutes, I was writing an email. 15 minutes later, I was writing a LinkedIn post. Like how do I know, you know where to place these activities on this timeline? Well, you're going to like, so every 15 minutes, you're going to write down what you're doing. So like, let's say um, in the morning, and I'm just going to give you like my routine, like in the morning sure. I wake up and I immediately get in the car, drive to the gym with Tyler. Once we're at the gym, we work out for 75 minutes, come back home, make a shake, go to the bathroom, take a shower, all that kind of stuff. So like, you know what you're doing every day by looking at it. But if I asked you, Daryl, can you audit your day yesterday? Would you know what you did every 15 minutes? No, I mean, it's not. So I look at my calendar and even then I know that's not a real representation because that counter is a suggestion at best. But the thing is, like, you know that you've wasted time that you could have. Oh, I know I wasted time. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So if I look at that and I'm auditing you, I'm like, Daryl, like, look, you know you're not even being honest with yourself. So that gives me my my circle where I should focus. How do I delegate the rest of that stuff? Can I? Do I use other employees? Do I just not do it? Do I bring in virtual assistants? Like, how do you see people manage that? So there's a couple ways that you can manage it. The first and the biggest way is to get rid of distractions. So the number one thing I tell people to do is before you get into what you should delegate, look at where um, you are putting your money. So a lot of people put their money in clothes and houses and cars and whatever. And if you go into those, it's like I, if I went into your office, would I find like chaos and messiness or would I find like complete cleanliness and control. And most of the time with salespeople, it's cleanliness and control. So if that's the case, like, what do you get rid of? Um, and for me, like when I started this process several years ago, I got rid of uh, all of the apps on my phone. I don't have a calendar on my phone. I don't have Facebook messenger, nothing on my phone. Like the only things that are on my phone are things that I can look at and know where I'm progressing. So like I have a fasting app on my phone. I have Fitbit on my phone. 
I literally can tell you how many steps I walked yesterday, what I ate yesterday, what I did. And I know that's trackable. The problem with salespeople is they never track anything. The only thing they're tracking is their bottom line if they're good at making money. So you are truly to a point that we're talking about earlier. You're getting rid of a lot of the clutter and the the distractions. And so this allows you to, to really focus on what matters to you. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you have to look at where do you want results? So if you want results in your sales, like how many calls are you making? How many referrals are you getting? How many connections have closed? How many of your current clients would renew their agreements? Like you have to look at that as a number. And if it's not a number that you can track up and down, it's not a number that you should be paying attention to. All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, I'm going to ask Melissa a little more details about the next step in this process. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them. And they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, so we're back. And what I wanted to ask you next was, I understand your point. I understand the focus. I understand we're getting rid of the distractions, getting rid of the clutter. It's all good. But my problem is... I still have people coming to me and asking me to do things above and beyond what I'm trying to do. And often it's because I've got skills or I have a certain job title, I've gotten certain relationships, or I'm just a nice guy. Who knows? And I often say yes to them way more than I should. Is that part of my problem? Is Do people do that or am I, am I just the only one? I was literally going to say, Daryl, do you know how to say no? <laughs> I do. I'm getting much better at it. But you know what? Candidly, that's something that's acquired over decades of working and realizing I'm just continually shooting myself in the foot if I say yes. When I was earlier in my career, is, I had no you know ability. how to say no doesn't mean you're going to say no. Okay. I'm listening. So it's like just because you know you need to lose weight doesn't mean you're actually going to lose weight. Just because you know you need to make more money doesn't mean you're going to go make more money. So what habits need to be replaced in your life that can be replaced over a period of time, maybe dramatically or not so dramatically? So who are you saying yes to that you know you should be saying no to? And how can you do that in a way that's conducive to staying within your integrity? I mean, I know because you've already given me some stories about people who have control issues. When you say that, my first gut reaction is most people are going to create excuses about why they're saying yes. And therefore... They may not be honest with themselves about their yeses versus their noes. That's exactly what you're doing. Yes. No, yes. I'm confused. Um, <laughs> you're right, which is why we're having <laughs> you on this podcast. Help me, Melissa. When someone asks me something, what should I do? What should I say to myself in my head before I respond to them? No. 
Just I don't <laughs> obviously. But it's truth about that. Actually, I love what you're saying. Because ruthlessly focus. I guess we're this. Okay, I love it. Okay, okay. So I'm going to take you up on this, just so you know. So I'm I'm auditing. Well, how many snows are you going to tell people today? Well, today's a snow day. I'm working from home. So uh, other than my it wife and my dog, no, it's not a lot. They are. It's true. <laughs> Slack and email and everything else. You're right. That's your story, Daryl. That is my story. But you know what I did yesterday? I had my weekly staff meeting yesterday, and I said, guys, I'm really trying to delegate down because I'm overwhelmed, and I need you to pick up the sock. I don't need to be involved in every decision. I actually had that conversation. Yes, it's true. I'm I'm not a young pup anymore, so I should have done this about 20 years ago. But I'm trying, Melissa. And that's I'm sure everybody listening is doing the same thing. They're saying we're trying. To that, of course, See, you would say, is, well, is like, try harder. Trying the same as doing, though. Yes. I'm trying to lose weight. Am I actually doing it? Listen, you're killing me here, Melissa, but you know <laughs> what it is? This is all good love. I love it. This is all good love. So, okay, so I'm, not, I'm asking you, I'm asking the audience right now. So, is Melissa saying this, and she's giving me a lot of grief, and she's right to do it. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Because if you are, then you should be listening to Melissa because she's clearly hitting something in in your own process, your own motivations, your own execution that is affecting your ability to focus. And she's giving you the tips and tricks here. So now I want to circle back here. So you've kind of talked to us a little bit of the psychological part, the control and everything else. You talked to us about saying yes, and we got to say no. You talked about doing the audit. And this is really for me, but I don't think I'm alone. How do I systemize this? How do I make this a repeatable, scalable from this point onward, this will work for me. So the first thing you have to do is go through an elimination process, and that's going to take about 30 to 60 days, and you're going to need accountability during that process. So just because you went to your team and said, like, I'm trying to do these things, like, who's asking you on a daily basis, Daryl, did you say no more often? Did you accomplish the things that you said you wanted to accomplish in a timely fashion? Like, if you don't have that accountability, it doesn't matter who you told because no one's following up to see if you actually stood true to your word. And then the next thing is, like, once you do stay true to your word, like, how do you scale that so that you can consistently stay on track and get better and better results? The answer to that is to have that period of your life where you're like, all right, I need to put this tracking in place so I can see where I'm falling off the wagon when I do that. Like, what's the trigger point for me? when I'm moving forward. So sometimes it's like I need to take control back because I want this done a very specific way. Or sometimes it's like I need to call this person and say yes because I feel like I'm obligated to saying yes to them as I owe them a favor because they did me a favor. I'm still listening. Then what? Yeah, no, it makes sense. It perfectly makes sense. And what I like about this, we're kind of getting a self-help book in in less than 30 minutes, guys. Isn't this kind of fun? <laughs> so I'm listening. So now let's, assuming I'm a good boy and I do everything you just said, then what? Is there a then what after that to make this sure this is all repeatable now and scalable? It's my new normal or what? Just basically having that support system to hold me accountable. Are there, okay, hear me ask a question differently. Are there habits or apps? I'm a big app guy. Um, tech, I love technology that will help me do this better. So the biggest question you have to ask yourself is what is it that you're trying to achieve? So yes, there's apps for this. So for money, if you're trying to achieve something financially, Clio is one of my favorites. Um, okay. So basically, 
Clio is like an AI algorithm that literally sends you messages every day of um your budget of money you've spent and it like wraps it up in an accounting sheet for you. And so when I look back the other day, they're like, you spent $1,158 today. And I'm like, on what? (laughs) But like, I needed that because that's not my strong suit. Keeping accounting records isn't my thing. For like fasting, there's an app called Zero. So I hit start fast and it tells me like every single time that I'm fasting and that's really cool. For sales, you just have to write that down. I don't really think there's an app for that. I have this checklist of, you know, I called this person, I got this referral and I have made this amount of money. Now the thing is like you want to make more money today than you made yesterday and you want to continue that process. So there's never a point where like, oh, I made enough money. Oh, I have enough referrals. Oh, I talked to too many people today. Once you feel like you have done those things, do one or two more of those things to make yourself grow. All right, folks, this is just the tip of the iceberg with Melissa. I, I mentioned she's authored 10 books. Uh, she's all over the place on podcasts and live streams and video. You got to check her out. So with that, Melissa, if someone wanted to uh, check you out and continue to follow you and your advice and your wisdom and your guidance, or even just to reach out to you directly, How do you recommend they do that? Yeah, I would say come to the Ultimate Sales Summit, and you can find that information at theultimatesalesummit.com or just email Melissa at melissakarvacek.com, and I'm sure Daryl will spell that out. (laughs) I will spell it out, but not now. But I'll spell it out when we send out the notice, but I'll spell it out, and it'll be in the actual listing on the podcast. You can head to there, guys. Now, trick question, bonus question. Of all the 10 books you've written, when it comes to focus, which book is most applicable? Power, Sex, and Business. I just thought the title alone you've got me right there, <laughs> Power, Sex, and Business. Man, your your copywriter in that title nailed it. Well done. That's fantastic. Oh, that was you. I well done. I all my own books. <laughs> all right. Well, that's fantastic. Okay, guys. So that is a quick and dirty method on how to, for lack of a better word, how to assess your focus to, to come to some truths about whether it's affecting you or not. And if you're like me, it is. And then how I love Melissa's guidance on, on the idea of the audit and the idea of implementing changes and, and keeping the core and, and jettisoning the rest because you want to have the right balance between your goals and objectives on a personal side versus a business side. And then the whole idea of you of systemizing it so that you can then maintain yourself moving forward. And I love the fact that she kind of said this is not an overnight change. This is going to take extended period of time to make that transition. So play the long game. But if you do that, to her point, your focus will be much more clear and your results will be much more pronounced. And in the end, that's what we all want. We want better personal. We want better business. And therefore, you need to invest in yourself. I've had a lot of fun talking today, Melissa. Thank you so much for your, your time and your expertise. Thank you. You're welcome, Daryl. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, if you like that, then guess what? There's tons more episodes at Inside, InsideSales.com. You can find us on your favorite podcast directory. All we ask is that you simply go and share, like, comment, and just spread the love. In the meantime, we're done here today, folks. We wish you a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Dara Prale, the CMO of Vanilla Soft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. 
One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft. <laughs> 